I, I'm just blown away at the reach of Legacy Church this Christmas season. And uh, I'm, I find myself just kind of in awe of, of what we get to do together. Uh, you know, we, I know it's a pithy saying and everything, but we are indeed stronger together. We're better together. We're all, all of those things. And, uh, and I just appreciate you just kind of where the rubber meets the road, really doing what, what matters uh, on the face of this, this planet. Um, you know, uh, a, a place that can create some internal angst uh, inside of us is the DMV line, right? You ever been there before? The Department of Motor Vehicle. You know, you're there and, you know, there's different, different locations that have different kind of things. If you're in Pflugerville, it's like enormous. You know what I mean? Like with like tons and tons of people that are there to, to help. I, I don't know if that's help or air quote help or whatever it is, but it's, they're there to help you get what you need, whether it be a license, a registration, a uh, whatever, you know, any kind of thing. Um, then there's other locations, kind of like in the Taylor area. Uh, that's the one I, I typically go to. And it's like two agents in there. It's little bitty, you know, and, and it doesn't seem to carry. They seem to be a little happier, I think. You know, whenever I go in there, I don't get much of the, the vibe of the DMV that I hear about. Um, you know, but nevertheless, I can go in there and there can be two agents there and not a single person in there, which is hard to believe, right? And I'm still having to wait. You know, I mean, it's, it's remarkable to me. I'm like, there is literally no one in here but me. How, you're going to have to come back and get an appointment. You know what I mean? Or something like that, right? And you're like, what is going on here? Waiting. How well do y'all wait? You know what I mean? Like, and you're waiting in the line. How well do you wait? Do you do a good job waiting? Or is it one of those things where it's just like, man, come on. I don't have time to be waiting in this line. Or how about this? What do you do while you're waiting? Like how well, what are you doing while you're waiting? Are you, you cussing people inside your head? Are you upset? Are you finding yourself looking for good where you are? How do you wait? See, this last week we started a series called In the Waiting. And uh, this is where we are. It's Advent. And we are, we're waiting on the celebration of the birth of our Savior. And we're waiting on the second coming of Jesus. The question is, how do we wait? How well are we at it? And it gets articulated through just the DMV line and the, the Sonic, you know, drive-through and, you know, different restaurants and, and different things that we're doing for entertainment or maybe it's also waiting for a diagnosis or waiting for healing or waiting for finances or waiting for whatever the case may be. How well do we wait? And what are we doing in the waiting? You know, last week, whenever we got a chance to talk about, um, uh, gosh, what did we talk about last week? Which Sunday was last week? Hope. Thank you. Hope this last week, right? We got a chance to talk about hope. You didn't know you were going to get a quiz tonight, did you? Yeah, last, we got to talk about hope. And there's, there is this hope in what is to come. There's hope in the waiting. You know, the reason is, is because there's hope in Jesus, isn't there? Yeah, we find hope in Jesus. And we learn from a guy named Simeon where even whenever he was disappointed, time and time again by people claiming to be the Messiah and them being killed or murdered or overthrown or whatever the case may be in their lives, he never gave up. And because he never gave up and he never lost hope, one day he saw the Messiah that he had 
hoped for. Today, here we are on the second Sunday of Advent, and this is the Faith Sunday. This is the one where we want to be faithful. We want to be full of faith. And so we ask questions like, what are we doing while we wait? How are we waiting? But maybe the best question is, are we wasting our waiting? See, it's a great question, isn't it? Because it takes time to wait. Well, what are we doing with our 84,000 seconds a day? What are we doing with that? Are we wasting our waiting or are we capturing our waiting? And hopefully, if we're not already after tonight, we'll be well on our way to follow Elizabeth and Zachariah's faith-filled lead. Because y'all, there is indeed faith in the waiting. There's faith. It's what we're doing in the waiting. Are we being faithful to the things God's called us to? Are we just falling in line with the cultural expectations in which we live? How are we waiting and are we wasting our waiting? There's faith. And we want to be full of faith. Tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 45. And those of you that are worried that I'm going to read all of those verses, don't worry, I am not. We're not going to go through all of those verses, but we are going to to cover the span of those. This was the, the section of Scripture where Elizabeth and Zechariah This is a married couple, uh, and they were the ones that became the parents of John the Baptist. You know, the one who paved the way for Jesus. He made way a path in the wilderness for the Savior uh, to to travel. And of course, before uh, before, uh, conceiving and giving birth to John, Elizabeth, she was devout. She was a righteous, upstanding woman, but she was barren and could not have children. Then whenever she and Zechariah were both well along in years, which is a nice way of saying they were old, they were old and they had in themselves reconciled to the fact that they were not going to have children. The Lord then revealed to Zechariah that he and Elizabeth were indeed going to have a son. So let's read a portion of this now. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, There was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. And here it is, verse 6. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But contrary to popular belief, they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, probably because of their sin probably because they were doing something wrong. That's what people thought. They were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division, the priestly division, was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot. In other words, they threw dice according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now, if you remember anything, this was a, this was a very dangerous thing to do. But the priests would go into holy of holies in the temple And they would go and burn incense uh, before the Lord on behalf of God's people. They tied a rope around their ankle just in the event that they come in contact with the Lord and drop dead immediately. Or if something else happened and they were not clean and they began to burn incense, they then were condemned and they dropped dead immediately. And so they could just pull them out uh, that way. It It was a thing, man. It was an honor and it was also really, really dangerous. When the time of the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers did what they did 
and they were praying outside that they would see Zechariah alive again and that he could give a message. Verse 11, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the Holy of Holies, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, like the angels say, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or fermented drink. And here it is. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that's why later in his life we see him baptizing and calling people to repentance to be in right relationship. Verse, we're going to fast forward to verse 23. When Zechariah's time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. She'd been an outcast because of this her entire life. She's finally pregnant. And for five months, she didn't tell a soul because she was afraid. What if a miscarriage happens? What if something else happens and and I have to go out and tell people I'm not actually. Oh, five months remained in seclusion. But then, look at this, verse 25. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, he's shown his favor, and he's taken away my disgrace among the people. See, if you'll remember, around this time, there was another pregnancy. The mother of Jesus, Mary. She became pregnant. And she had had this message from the angel that came to talk to her about conceiving Jesus and that she would indeed bear the Messiah. And in a similar way, she as the outcast, the teen pregnancy, the one that people would look down upon because she was pregnant out of wedlock and she would have been cast to the side. Well, she did what? A young teenage girl might do, and she went for safety, right? Elizabeth had been in seclusion, and so she went to go be with her relative. And so she goes to Elizabeth and Zachariah's house. Luke 1, we continue on in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby John leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we got some more spirit. The Holy Spirit shows up in a loud voice. She exclaims, blessed are you among women and blessed is this child you bear. And then in humility, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord, the Messiah, should come to me. The Spirit opened her eyes. She said, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then she says over Mary, she says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Y'all, this is two stories that we have that tell who our God is. 
This is two stories that we have that when we are full of faith in our waiting, God will come through in ways that we can never imagine, that we can, we can only dream about. For Elizabeth, the lack of children was this serious stigma in her life and in the community that she lived in. I mean, in the ancient world, barrenness was believed as punishment for an offense against the gods whose special domain was that of reproduction. So she'd clearly done something against the gods. And then, of course, in the people of Israel, children were a mark of the blessing of God, and barrenness was a sign of divine reprimand. It's a really a shame thing. These are really unfortunate misunderstandings of the character of God. These are misunderstandings of, of, of truth, of how God is to his people here on the earth. But nevertheless, through Elizabeth and Zechariah, we see God redeeming those who have waited and been let down. They've waited for the Lord and people have looked down upon them. They've waited for the Lord for something and people call them fool for trusting what God says in their life. Thanks be to God, God's redemption plan proves to be revolutionary, which gives us evidence of some things. Number one, the Lord favors the unfavored. Yes. Man, doesn't that give hope? Doesn't that make us want to be full of faith in the one who favors the unfavored? We see it in Elizabeth and Zechariah. We see it in Mary and Joseph. We see this. We see that God chooses the unchosen. He's the one who chooses those who have not been chosen as popular, who have not been chosen as anointed, who have not been chosen as the people that other people want to associate with. The Lord chooses the unchosen, and then guess what? The Lord remembers the forgotten. Those that have been waiting and waiting, and waiting, and the, and the world has just kind of said, we're just going to kind of let you go. And they're forgotten about, but not the Lord. Not the Lord. The Lord remembers the forgotten. And so just like Simeon, we see this remarkable pillar. Elizabeth never gave up on God. She never gave up on God, and she continued to be faithful. She continued to be righteous. She continued to be devout in her following of the way of the Lord. And consequently, Elizabeth's barrenness did something that no one expected. Still to this day, nobody expects. And that is her barrenness proved to be an opportunity for blessing. The fire that we walk through can be one of the greatest opportunities for blessing. The low point in life, the challenging times of life where we just think, where could God possibly be in this? It proves to be a space where we will meet our Lord in ways we never would otherwise. Not that God wants hard, not that God wants low, not that God wants us to be in the valleys. But make no mistake, God's with us in the valleys. He's with us in our waiting. The thing we got to remember is the story of Elizabeth. This isn't, this isn't just about how, oh, well, that's how the story's supposed to go. No. Elizabeth's barrenness proving to be a blessing 
would have been the case whether God granted a child to her late in life or whether he continued to lead her and Zechariah to pursue other opportunities of service. God's blessing would have shown up in their faithfulness, the faith in the waiting. We know that because we know Scripture tells us that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We know this. And so that's why when we turn this story towards us, we look and we say words like, don't waste your waiting. Don't waste it. While you're waiting, faithfulness. While you're waiting, righteousness. While you're waiting, we find ourselves in a way where we are walking the way of the Lord. We're looking for God in our waiting. We're meeting God where we see God in our waiting because the Lord favors the unfavored. He chooses the unchosen and he remembers the forgotten. And we've all been in these categories at one point or another in our lives. We've all felt in these categories at one point or another in our lives. And so we have to ask the question of ourselves tonight, what are you waiting for? What am I waiting for? What are we waiting for in our lives? Are you in a space right now where you feel like God's letting you down? We have to, we have to own these things. We have to put these before the Lord because God can handle this. Are you in a space where you feel let down by God? And another question we have to ask is, are you faithfully looking for God? Are you just impatient on the fullness of God's timing in the waiting? What are you waiting for? What are the things, what are the, what are the, the situations and the circumstances and the relationships and the, the, the provision and all of these things, what are you waiting for? for the Lord for. And the key is don't lose faith. There's faith in the waiting. Don't lose it. Remain faithful because God is working even when you can't see him. It's clear. We see it in, the, in these stories that we're reading. We see it in these people. And so we want to live out Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith. It's confidence in what we hope for and it's assurance about what we do not see. This is that whole, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, isn't it? This is it. I believe, Lord, I know you're there. I believe you're there. We hope you're there. I am faithfully following you, trusting you are there. And our, our humanity sometimes gets in the way and we stop believing and we start trying to just rescue ourselves and all that kind of stuff. I gotta be sure that the Lord is the one we're trusting with the outcome of our lives. The Lord is the one we're trusting with the outcome of our families. We are trusting the Lord with the outcome of our professional life, of our personal life, of our everything. Faithfulness. Be full of faith. And so here we are, Christmas time. We're waiting for many things. Yeah, we're waiting for the day that we get to exchange some gifts one to another in an effort to give a reflection of the greatest gift ever given on the face of this planet when God sent his son to this earth. So we exchange gifts. Try not to get too caught up in the materialistic nature of gift giving. We, have, we try to prioritize and see who Jesus is in our lives. Yeah, we're in this time of the season where it's known as the most wonderful time of the year and some of you are kind of scratching your head going, is it? <laughs> is it really? Others of you are going, yeah, it really is. 
And we had the full spectrum, everything in between, right? But across the room, every single one of us is waiting for something, is waiting for someone, is waiting. What are you waiting for? How are you waiting? Are you wasting your waiting? Because you're just focused on you. Don't waste your waiting. Focus on what lasts. Focus on what's in your future. Focus on what's ahead. And that's the Lord. And be faithful. Be righteous. Live according to his way. Don't waste our waiting. There's faith in the waiting. So my hope is, is that we follow in Simeon's footsteps, we follow in Elizabeth's footsteps, we follow in John's footsteps, and may we be filled with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our faithfulness will put us in a position where we are filled with the Spirit to be able to discern God's will and be continually reminded that God is indeed working all things for the good of those who love him. And so may we be full of faith. May we be faithful in our waiting. Father, we love you. And Lord, yes, waiting is not the, the top of the list for where we live in this world. Waiting is not the thing we all get up in the morning and hope that we're going to do. But Lord, we definitely are encouraged by the stories of Simeon and his waiting. We're encouraged by the stories of Zechariah and, and Elizabeth in the waiting. We're encouraged by the stories of Mary in the fact of who you are focused on, who you love, and how it goes different than the culture says. And so, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for seeing us for who we are. And, Lord, I pray that you will help us to live in such a way that is faithful. Lord, that we trust you, that we are confident in our hope of the future, that we are assured that you will be in the fullness of your time taking us through whatever it is that we're waiting for to the other side. And Lord, we know that the other side, you're already there. So Lord, we love you and we trust you. Through Jesus, I pray. Amen.